Praise the Lord. Good to see you. Just looking and uh, seeing some of you and just recognize some of, there's, a, there's a one or two here that have been here before I came. We came in 1982. Took over the church in February of 1982. We were associate pastors for three years at Trinity Christian Center in Victoria, a wonderful church that had grown from about 200 people to 500 people in less than three years. We helped to establish a Christian school there, a daytime school, and a three-year Bible college, which was our second Bible college that we established. Prior to that, we lived for almost 10 years in America and had the privilege to be a part of a church called Bible Temple. And my pastor and apostle was Brother Dick Iverson, a great man of God. And we were a part of that church for many, many years and then moved back to Canada. And in 1978, came back to Canada and ended up in Victoria and thought uh, we were gonna be in Victoria there for quite a time. And I remember in 1981, and I'll just slip this part in, So we took over February 1982, but there's a lady sitting right down here, Lynn Craig, who was a member of this church before we came. Come and stand, stand, Lynn. We honor all of you that have helped us in the beginning, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, during 1981, I remember I used to spend a lot of time fasting. As you can tell, I don't do that now, but (laughs) I used to fast a lot. And I would hear things from the Lord and the Lord gave me a word and I thought the word was for Trinity Christian Center. And in this word, in 1981, now think about it. 1981, God said, uh, I'm gonna give you a modern progressive city with a large university and a large community college. And we had lived in America for 10 years and so we had not heard of Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, but in America, that would be considered a major community college. And so God was already telling us that we were kind to come to a modern progressive city and uh, with a large university and a large community college. And uh, the, ca- the Lord kept saying to me, captain over a thousand, captain over a thousand. And John Stone was the pastor of our church in Victoria, a very famous lawyer, and uh, had a wonderful law practice, became spirit-filled Anglican and ended up taking over the church. He invited Karen and I to come and help be associate pastors and help him build and we really enjoyed being there for the few years that we were there. But I uh, kept saying to Pastor John, I said, Pastor John, I said, God's gonna give us a church. We're gonna have over a thousand people. And uh, I must have told him that for about three or four months. And one day he called me into his office and he said, Ron, I just want you to know that that word about captain over a thousand is not for me, that's for you. And all of a sudden I began to realize that God was talking about my future and about what he was gonna do in my life. And I believe that for each and every one of you, that if you diligently seek God with all your heart 
And if you'll set aside time to pray and wait on the Lord and worship God and fast and pray, you also will receive revelation concerning what God wants to do in your life. But I share with you what God spoke about this city and about this church. And uh, we were having a prophetic gathering in October 1981 and I went out, uh, I was asked by the pastor to, uh, to take care of the um, host, uh, the guests, uh, prophetic ministry that was there, take them out for lunch, make sure they're doing okay. And so brother uh, um, Kirk Duncan, Brother Kirk Duncan, how many remember Kirk Duncan? Yeah. Brother Mel Davis. And uh, these are great prophets that have traveled all over the world. And they were doing a prophetic gathering in our church in Victoria. And I had to take them out for lunch. And Mel Davis turned around to me, he was in the front seat, I was in the back. And, and he said to me, Ron, what is God saying to you? I said, well, you know, I think God's saying to me that he's gonna move me to a modern progressive city with a large university and et cetera. And uh, I believe that, um, that we're, I'm gonna help build a, a, a church and that church will have quite an influence even around the world. And as soon as I finished saying that, Mel Davis and Kirk Duncan said, I know exactly where you're going. And I said, really? He says, you're going to Calgary. And it was true. And we came here in November of 1981 and we had a, a fellowship with Pastor Phil and Mildred, who by the way, were godly people. If you don't know anything about the Tretwells and you saw that brief picture, this was a godly couple and Phil owned a barber shop downtown in Calgary and he was quite a hockey player and uh, played for Drumheller and, and uh, they were very, very godly and they were a part, at least Mildred was a part of the 1948 revival and battle for Saskatchewan. And uh, they started that church and had pastored that little church for 17 years. And um, they invited myself and Kirk to come over and minister on a weekend and look at the church. And so I'm going there thinking, okay, I might be moving to Calgary and maybe this church has a part, will be a part of my, uh, God's purpose for us. And so we got there on a Saturday night, we walked into their home, sat down in their living room and Phil had had a stroke uh, a number of years. He was um, uh, probably in his 78, something like that. And he had had a stroke for about eight years. Mildred was 70 and she lived to be 104. And uh, anyway, she, uh, they were sitting there and, uh, and uh, we were talking about the church and, and all of a sudden Phil hollers out from his chair, he's the one, he's the one. He's the man, Phil said. And Mildred said, well, uh, Kirk said, well, Phil, you haven't even heard him preach. At least hear him preach, you might not like him, so don't tell him he's the man until he preaches. And Mildred is sitting there and, and she says, if Phil says that he's the man, he is the man. And that's how we came. We moved here in May, we came and I took over in February. And we started the church with 16 people, including uh, my wife and I and our two girls. So 16 all together in a little building in Bonnes. And it was called the Little Church. The true name of it was Christian Restoration Revival Assembly, but they wanted to call it 
the little church because they couldn't remember the name. Like I had a difficult time pronouncing it myself. And so they would call it the little church. And I remember the Lord telling me, this is not a little church. A little is in the mind of the believer. And uh, I'm going to do, do a great work in this church. And so I had to tell him, we can't call it the little church anymore. So we changed the name to Calgary Bible Fellowship. Remember that, Lynn? And uh, we were in this little church, and God began to move, and we saw some wonderful things. And I want to tell you a scripture that God gave me uh, after coming here a couple of uh, weekends, they would fly me in. I thought the church was a bit weird. <laughs> I thought that, uh, that they're a strange group of people. And um, Mildred had a powerful ministry to cast out demons. I want to tell you, if there was a demon in that church you would scream out. I mean, that demon would scream out in the service and manifest itself. And she had such a powerful ministry and a word of knowledge that she would pick up on things that were just amazing. And anyway, we were there, and I thought after a few weekends, I thought to myself, this is a weird place. I don't know if I even want to come here. And uh, I, because I was in a part of a wonderful church, and we were growing, and uh, I thought, God, are you sure I'm supposed to be here? And the Lord gave me a scripture, and he said, uh, I turned to Isaiah 60, and it was a scripture that we had received before we left, uh, before uh, we came here, in a prophetic gathering, and one of the sisters of the prophets, or one of the wives of the prophets, gave us a scripture. And I want you to look at this scripture, because this scripture involves you. If you are a part of this church, or if you have any plans to be a part, you need to understand what God has said in the past concerning this church. And we probably have a binder that thick of prophetic words that God has given over us and this church. And I've thought recently of going over that prophetic history and recording everything that God promised he would do and everything that he would ask us to do before these things would be fulfilled. And in the scripture, he gave me this scripture, Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 20. And, no, and listen to what the scripture said. Now, I'm talking to God. It's a Saturday night, and I, no, a Sunday night, and I'm saying to God, I don't want to come here. Get me out of this. These people are just weird. And the, the scripture came, your son shall no longer go down nor shall your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. Also your people shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation, and I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. And God already told me that I was going to pastor a church of over a thousand. I didn't know if that was a thousand families, a thousand individuals, but I knew that God was going to bless this church. And we were only 16 people. So you can imagine talking to people and telling them, we're going to, we're going to build a church of over a thousand. They were looking at me as if I was weird. And they were struggling in their faith to believe in a little tiny building 
that we were going to build a large church. But we had the word of the God, that word of the Lord that came to us. And in that word, we understood that God was going to do this. Now, I share this with you. The promises of God are not always fulfilled in your generation. They are carried on over a period of time. And some, uh, so many people um, do not see the actual fulfillment of all that God has promised. When I was talking with Mildred and, and, and Phil, Mildred told me that they had received a word in this little church. And in this, they had a vision. And Phil had the vision. And in this vision, he was sitting on a highway. And in the middle of the highway was a small bucket. And in this bucket, there was drips of water coming down from heaven, landing in the bucket. And the Lord told Phil, one day that bucket will overflow. And so that's what they said with me. They said, Ron, we believe this church is going to grow. It's small now, but the bucket will overflow. Say it with me. The bucket will overflow. Then the Lord began to tell us of all the people that God would bring us. You know, we traveled to 38 different nations of the world. And at one time, I think Pastor John would, told me that we had 740 some people here. We had 48 flags out in the foyer that represented every nation that was there from all of Africa and South America and Asia and Vietnam and all the different countries. People who actually were members of our church, we bought a flag and we put that flag out there. And we had Chinese government officials that came and, and we were leading some Chinese people to the Lord. And these officials, high-ranking government officials came and they had never seen a church before. And they would see their flag and they would just be amazed that we would have their flag out in the foyer. But that flag represented you as a family, as a church. If you were from Haiti, we had your flag. If you were from Germany, we had your flag. And so we were very excited about 48 different nations that were represented in the church. And so we had the privilege as we would go to countries around the world. I remember we didn't have one black person in our church. I remember we didn't we had one Spanish couple and a couple of Filipino ladies and that was it. But as we started to go around the world and minister in the different nations of the earth, I would be sitting ministering in conferences and churches. And I remember one time in Manila, I was leading, I was asked to lead the communion in this wonderful church. And in the communion service, I was serving some people. And afterwards, years later, they told me that the Lord spoke to them when they came to get their cup. And the Lord said, this is gonna be your pastor. And they actually moved here to Calgary and became a part of our church. And so all of a sudden, we were getting people from Africa all over South America, Asia. And when I would go to uh, Africa, if I went to Uganda, guess what? We had Ugandans come. When I went to Nigeria, pretty soon we had people from Nigeria. When I was going to the Philippines, we got all kinds of people from the Philippines. Just amazing to me how they found our church. So I began to believe God, even in this building, I used to put up names of all unsaved people over on this wall over here all your friends, all your loved ones, family. And I'd say, Lord, we're gonna pray for these people that, and they're gonna get saved and we'll put their name over here. So we had that wall plastered with names of people that used to be, that, were, uh, that we led to the Lord and then God answered prayer. 
And we would see these people from all over the world come. Seems like every time I went to Zimbabwe, guess what? Huh, guess what? We had people from Zimbabwe. It was an amazing thing. And so we knew that God was honoring us and we knew that we had a destiny as a church to touch the nations of the world. And I wanna say to you, some of you here that are sitting here are going to be used of God to touch the nations. And right now, you're wondering what in the world you're supposed to do. And you're asking yourself, what is my future? And I say your future is, is beautiful when you seek God and get it. But there's something more important than your vision and your dreams, and that's the corporate expression. And I wanna share with you a scripture, and before I do that, I just wanna say, um, brother, your son there on the right, what's your name, son? I'm Pastor Ron. <laughs> I, 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 I felt the Lord tell me that right now, you can't quite figure out what it is that God's gonna do and you're seeking, you're trying to, to discern and understand. But God is gonna honor you and bless you. And I see you one day going to the nations of the world, get ready. You're gonna have a visitation of God and God's gonna turn your heart and you're gonna become a lover of God and the house of God and the people of God and the leadership of God. And one day you're gonna represent the king and the nations of the earth. I want you to turn to a scripture in Proverbs 29, 18, and reading to you from the uh, New Living Translation. I, uh, how's my time? Apparently Todd said I can preach at four o'clock, <laughs> but you go home at 12, so. In Proverbs 29, 18, God used this scripture to teach us some divine principles about destiny. And notice what it says. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Another scripture says, without a progressive vision, the people dwell carelessly. Another scripture says, without a prophetic vision, people cast off all restraint and run wild in the streets. Now, those who follow the vision of God, and that vision, by the way, is a prophetic word. Hassan, it means, uh, it means revelation. In other words, this scripture specifically says that when you receive prophetic understanding of what God wants to do as a corporate people, if you respond to that, you will be favored of God and you'll be blessed and the blessings of God will come back upon you through his word. But many people, I feel, hear a vision from God, even in our church here, but then they forget about it or they lose the vision or they, they feel that it's just too hard and they give up. And I wanna encourage you, I wanna renew your vision this morning. You're here not because you have nowhere else to go. You are here because God wanted you to hear this word. You are in this house because God brought you here to fulfill the destiny of this house that goes way back into the 50s. A godly vision that God gave Phil and Mildred, who then entrusted it to us, who then entrusted it to Todd and Jan. 
Do you know before Todd and Jan became pastors, for 15 years they were my associate pastors, youth ministers, 15 years. They served in that capacity before they took over the church. And I, was it, well it's 17 years now. Oh yeah. And you know, here's another fine. There are many people sitting here, you've all had a part. And I wanna say this carefully. If you were here in the 80s, stand. You came here in the 80s. Please stand. Look around. Give them a hand, come on. These are people. Frank and Nola were missionaries in China. And uh, he, he would come back the odd time to visit uh, Calgary area and his family and loved ones. And I, I said to him, well, you're gonna, you're gonna come back to Calgary. You're gonna, you're gonna be a part of our church. You're gonna be the dean, you're gonna be the administrator or principal of our Christian school. Oh, I'm a, I'm a missionary pastor. I'm a missionary in China. I got a, important positions. I got things to do, people to see. But I said, no, you're coming to Calgary. Well, he's been here. He sometimes gets after me because I've retired and he's still working. <laughs> Great man of God. Great man of God. So many people here, I, I think of you now as I look. I want you to acknowledge this couple right up front here. Beautiful couple that have been faithful to Karen and I in this church for many, many years as elders of this church, Rod and Kathy. Come on, give them a hand. So anyway, where was I? (laughs) The vision that God gave us, and we share that vision, over the years, many people gave up. And I want to encourage you that what God said was gonna happen is still yet to be fulfilled. Even that this church will be a, a church of over a thousand, I believe it. A small city, a strong nation. And I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. God will do it in his time. And you have the privilege to be a part of a great work. You know, the the Bible says in John chapter one, um, I think verse six, that about John the Baptist, he says, um, a man called of God. It says that he was called of God. And there are many churches in the world and in North America and in Canada that have been started that have not been, they were not God's church. They were started by man. Listen to me. I'm speaking to you as your grandfather. There are many churches that are functioning that have not been called of God. But when you find a church that has the call of God, you need to identify and become a part of it because there's great blessing and the fulfillment of the vision that God gave that church. And I wanna share with you that there is great vision, there's great vision in this house. There are many words that prophets of God have spoken over this church. I've had words in the different remote parts of the world where God spoke to people about Calgary and about our church. And I know today that God has got a plan and he's gonna fulfill that plan. And that plan involves each and every one of you that are here. And I want to encourage you to renew this in your heart. 
that in the midst of all the struggles, I mean, let's face it, church, we've had a difficult few years with COVID and everything else, but we're still here. We're still here. 30 some years, we're still here. And I believe there's a wonderful spirit here of what God is wanting to do. And God is gonna bless you and your children and your grandchildren in this house. And so in the scriptures, we see this principle about uh, the prophetic revelation. There is great blessing to those who do not give up on the vision and who keep the word of God. And they cannot, uh, we cannot achieve these things alone. But I believe that, uh, that through the revelation of the word, prophetic word, we hold on to that, we'll inherit the reward, we'll inherit the blessing. And there's lots of scriptures that talk about uh, certain things that need to take place. And I know my time is, is going here and I don't wanna go over, but I do wanna share a few things. Maybe you wanna write these things down. <clears throat> I feel myself that in our nation, we're about to experience very trying times. I believe that North America is gonna experience very difficult days that are about to come upon us. But in the midst of it, God's church is gonna expand and be glorified. I believe that uh, there is a major weakness in the nation of Canada. Some people call it the loyal opposition. I call it a demonic lie. The demonic lie is that you have to, in order to accept someone, you have to agree with them. Are you following me? The Lord tells you that you are to honor those who are in authority over you in God. Romans 12, Romans 13, 1, other scriptures that tell you you are to honor those above you, equal to you, and below you. You are to honor them with your words, with your thoughts, and with your deeds. The weakness of our nation is we think that we know better than our leaders, better than our government, better than our people, better than the people we know. We think, we kind of pride ourselves that we're very knowledgeable people. No, don't, please don't wave at me. We think we are quite smart, but in fact, it is a snare of the enemy to cause us to be exalted in our own flesh. And we become an opposition to what God is doing because we are unkind, we have attitudes, we have thoughts, we resent leadership, we resent our government. Now listen, I've heard you at the coffee meetings joking about, you know, you know who. I've heard it, and I've been a part of it. And I've come to realize I've made a serious mistake. 
because I was not trusting God to take care of those who are in authority over me, that he will bring about his will and his purpose in my life regardless of what they do. And I want to encourage you that if you have any thoughts against your mayor or your alderman or your government officials or your premier or your prime minister, even though they are wicked, do you know that the Bible does not say to us, follow your leader, but if they're wicked, reject them. God does not tell you that. God knows how wicked they are. God knows everything about them. But he still put them in a place of authority. And you have to honor what God is doing because God is going to work in their life and use them to teach you the lessons of the kingdom. Because one day you're going to rule in this world and you're going to rule with him. And if you reject the authority that God has placed, how will you accept authority when it comes time for you to be an authority? How do you think people are gonna respond to you? I wanna encourage you that there are many things in this country that I do not like. You can raise your hand. I do not like. Many things. But I've come to realize that God is in charge. That God placed these people. Do you know that? He knew about our prime minister. He knew everything about him. You would say, well, why would God do that? Because God is teaching you how to submit and how to respond correctly to divine authority. Authority that he placed to teach you a lesson. And even though it grinds on you, and even though you're deeply troubled, the fact is God is still in charge. And there is a great reward to those who obey God and honor people who do not, uh, who, who do not uh, respect even the honor you give them. God is asking you to honor. And not every person you honor agrees with you. And this is the problem in the vision of the house of God. Do you know that in our, in our nation, the movement of people is usually once every seven years, people leave a church and go to another church. The movement of people in churches because they can't agree with the vision, with the pastor, with the leaders, with what God is doing. They can't agree with their members and neighbors in the church, friends, and so they leave the church. They might be here for 10 years and then boom, they're gone. But I wanna encourage you, if God has planted you in this church, do not get offended and do not leave because the reward will be great. God's reward over this house is gonna be powerful. You know what, and I said, this is my son-in-law, my daughter. You may, not, uh, uh, you may not value everything they say or do, but that's not the point. The point is you are to honor them. And honoring them is an attitude of your heart. Honor them in, by your words, by your deeds, and by your thoughts. You honor them because you want God's reward. 
How many want rewards? I mean, come on, you really want rewards. Well, God promises you that if you will honor those that he places in your life and you will have an inner attitude of righteousness, that he's gonna reward you. Now, what happens if you don't do that? Figure that out. If you don't obey, if you don't submit, if you don't honor, you know what's gonna happen? You'll become the loser. Because what God is about to do in this church and in this city and this province and this nation is gonna absolutely expand your thoughts and understanding of God's eternal purposes. And there is a great work and this church is gonna have a great part, not only in Canada, but in the nations of the world. And I'm going to share this. I know I'm stepping on the line here, but I'm the dad. You're going to send me around the world again. We're not finished. Todd and Jan are going to come around the world. Guy Baker. We're going to go to different places and represent this church because of the love that you have for the people of God and for the nations of the earth. 48 flags we had out there. It was a powerful thing to see those flags of the nations of people that were a part of this church. And yet at one point in time, I had not one African person or black person from the West Indies in our church. I didn't have any Oriental people except from the Filipinos, the Filipinos that were here, and a few from South America. And pretty soon I had people from Laos and from Vietnam, from different parts of the world. Just amazing how they found us. And do you know what we used to do? We used to stand up here. North is here, right? Yep. It hasn't moved since I passed her. <laughs> North, south, west, east. We used to get up, right? Remember Lynn? We used to get up in the service and I'd have you all stand. Let's all turn to the north. And we'd reach out into the north and we began to call people, calling those from the north to come and be a part of our church. We used to turn to the south and to the east and the west and we would pray, diligently pray out, crying out to the Lord, bring them here, God. If they're, if they're gonna come to Calgary, let them come here. And you know, it started out, Lord one time showed me that we were quite a small church and uh, I was quite disappointed. I remember we were at the church in Conridge and we were down in pre-prayer and I was praying and I, and I was quite disappointed. I looked up and there was hardly anybody in the prayer meeting. And I said to my wife, where's the church? And my wife looks up and she said, well, this is the church and goes back and prays. <laughs> and in that prayer time, we began to believe God that he would bring us people. And so I said, Lord, if there's 10 righteous families, bring them to us. And every Sunday we'd get up and pray for those 10 righteous families. First year, 13 families. I thought, this is wonderful. Let's pray for 15. 15 families, Lord, give us 15 families. I think we got 17 or 18 families. Then we had 20. We got about 24 families. And I'm thinking, oh, this is working real good. Let's go for 50. 50 families joining us in one year and we'd stand up and we'd be praying fervently. 
And we would invite people at, out at, during services to come and be a part of the church. And people would see people added to the church every second or third, fourth Sunday. And we began to pray. And in 1989, we joined with Christian, Calgary Christian Fellowship. And we had um, 110 families joined us in one year. And I thought, okay, that's good. And we stopped. We should have never stopped. We should have kept praying every year until God filled this house up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't lose heart. Don't get involved with petty issues. Don't be offended. If you get offended, come and see me. I'll give you a good kick in the you know what. <laughs> Don't get offended. It's easy to get offended. It's easy. Just turn to CBC News and you'll be offended. <laughs> it's easy to get offended. But it takes courage. It takes faith. It takes determination. It takes vision. It takes prophetic revelation and understanding to stand in the midst of it and continue to go. I, I have a group of ladies that are my favorite people because they've stood with me all these years. Come on, gals, you all stand up. You know who you are. Come on. You know, wasn't there a show called The Golden, Golden Girls? Uh, what was it called? Golden Girls. These people have been faithful, serving God, serving this church, serving you, and there's all kinds of you here. I could take a long time to talk about each and every one of you and your contribution, but God knows and he honors you. And I'm gonna close with this. I've had a, quite a transition when I turned the church over in 2010. I was convinced I was gonna become an MLA. And I, was, I had received revelation, prophetic understanding. And I was, I believe with all my heart, I was gonna become an MLA. And that did not happen. And it kind of threw me for a loop for about two or three years. I was lost. And I felt like something had been taken away from me, the vision. And I was very discouraged. But I just kept waiting on God and kept coming. And I've gone through some real adjustments on my attitude. You know, when you think you've made a major mistake, it's very difficult to continue on. And I felt like, a, thanks Sam, I felt like the Lord had showed me that, uh, that I wasn't finished. And a few years ago, some people, we were in different parts of the world, and people would come up to us and say, well, you're not finished yet, Pastor Ron. God has not finished with you. And the people I didn't even know and you, you, you know, today I'm teaching at uh, the church in Glad Tidings, Vancouver. I, the dean of their Bible school. We have 40 to 50 students in person and about 500 people online around the world. We are a part of that church three months out of the year, but this is our church. This is our church. And I... I've come to really understand what Todd and Jan have gone through and the terrible warfare and attacks of the enemy. But I can say with, with my heart today, truly before God, they are called of God. This, they are the pastors and they're set here by God.
and they're doing a good job. And you could trust your life. You can trust your children and your grandchildren to this church because God is gonna use them and move through them. And I wanna honor them today. Yeah, he's my son-in-law, but this is my daughter. But I honor them today, not because of that, but because of all the years of service, 15 years, associate pastors, youth ministers, and then all these years now that they've pastored. Going through the worst of time, to be honest with you, I don't know if I could have handled COVID as a senior pastor. I think I would have said things you would all regret by now. <laughs> but I know that God is doing something here. When I look at you and I see you, believe me, I see you, I see you all. And I look at you and I know God brought you here. God brought you here. You've been a part. You have given, you've served, you've prayed, you've given your money. Do you know that we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions, I mean, probably over $2 million since I was pastoring that came into this church. And in terms of paying off this building, can you believe it? We, we, we own this building. It's a wonderful gift. But you know it's not finished. We have a plans for a blueprint out here for a thousand people. God gave us that years ago. But I'm excited to see and know that you're gonna be a part. Don't give up, don't quit, don't get offended. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. The only thing God's going to, the enemy is gonna do is try to get you offended, because that's the only thing that's gonna move you from his purposes. But if you guard your heart and love one another and flow together, you're gonna to see a great work of God. Amen.